Good morning, Crosswinds. What a great uh, time of being in God's presence. Thank you, Michael and the team, uh, for leading us right into the throne room of God. For those of you who are new uh, to Crosslands, my name is Ronnie, and I'm part of the part of the teaching team here. And right out of the gate, um, I want to let you know that this message is going to be a bit different than anything else recently. First and foremost, because my style is more of a teaching style, so you're not going to see me running back and forth across the stage like dunking basketballs, like somebody else has been doing lately, okay? Um, so uh, the second thing is there's a lot of information to cover. So you might want to strap in that seatbelt um, because we are going for a ride. And the third, um, it's actually Pastor Chris encouraged me to spend a little bit of time here at the front of the message, uh, giving a more formal introduction of me and my role here at Crosswinds. And to be honest, that feels a little weird, but we're going to go for it anyways, okay? So um, I got to thinking that if I I had to give a 30-second elevator pitch um, to somebody for what I do here at Crossland, who I am and what I do. It would go something like this. Uh, my name is Ronnie Bundy, and I'm the director of ministries at Crosswinds Church with a focus and passion for discipleship. It's my incredible opportunity and privilege to help people take steps of their faith in Jesus Christ and become everything that God created them to be. You see, my passion is discipleship. That lifestyle that Jesus called his followers to when he gave them this charge. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all that I have commanded. It's this commitment of taking time to invest in people by first introducing them to Jesus and then helping them to grow in their faith to become more and more like him and living a life that honors him. Now, this passion was ignited about 15 years ago. You see, in August of 2007, I went to this church conference. And when I was at this conference, all of the speakers kept saying kind of the same thing over and over. And they kept saying um, that we need to be investing in the lives of people and making disciples. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's what we should be doing. And then I went home and promptly forgot about it. Well, fast forward six months, and my husband and I go to a marriage uh, retreat type of thing. And the, the speakers at this marriage retreat, they start talking about investing in other people and making disciples. And I'm like, well, that's a weird topic for our pastor's retreat. retreat. And um, anyway, so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And then fast forward another six months... And again, we're back at August 2008. I'm at another church conference, uh, completely different lineup of speakers and all this sorts of things. And guess what they start talking about? Investing in other people's lives and making disciples. And I go, hmm, maybe I should really start listening to what God is trying to say to me. And I went home and probably forgot about it. Uh, October 2008. I go to a leadership conference, completely different city, completely different venue, completely different lineup of speakers, and God says, invest in the lives of others and make disciples. And I finally said, okay, God, I get it. You're calling me to make 
disciples of others. And so later that month, Robin and I started meeting together in a one-on-one discipling relationship. And since that time, I've had the joy of uh, working with dozens and dozens of people, sometimes in a one-on-one relationship, sometimes in a super small group of three or four women, sometimes in a larger context of people, helping them to understand what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Spending time investing in them, pouring into them, opening scripture and teaching what I find there, loving them, challenging them, praying for them, and encouraging them to do likewise with other people in their life. Now, when my husband and I came here, uh, when my husband and I and family moved here 10 years ago, uh, we landed at Crosswinds Church our very first Sunday that we were in Leland. And uh, frankly, I was like, uh, yeah, that's our church. <laughs> I don't need to go anywhere else. But we did our due diligence and we you know, checked out a couple other places. And then as a family, we decided that Crosswinds Church was going to be our home church. And so we started uh, plugging in about nine months go by. We had been participating on a regular basis. We had plugged into a life group. We were serving. And I I remember asking Pastor Chris for a chance to sit down and talk with him. And I remember sitting down with him that, that day and saying, I love this church. I love what God is doing. And God has called me to be a disciple maker. And with your permission, I want to do that here at Crosswinds Church. And that conversation uh, began the opportunity to not only invest in people on an individual level, but to help take the discipling efforts of Crosswinds to the next Level. And so January 2015 um, was when I came on staff as the discipleship coordinator. And currently, I have the title of director of ministries. And all that means is I get an amazing opportunity to work with lots and lots of people to help them take steps of faith in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And the cool thing is, I get to work with Amy next door in a kids' ministry department. I get to work with the new Pastor Chris um, Hotz, our youth ministry um, uh, pastor. And I get to help uh, create an environment where discipleship happens from birth to the grave and all the stages in between. And in addition to focusing on discipleship, one of the other passions of mine is taking the big picture, the vision that God gives Pastor Chris and helping to make that a reality. So a lot of times I work behind the scenes asking the question is, how are we going to do that? What's it going to take to accomplish that? What's the best pathway to get us to where God is calling us to go? Which brings me to the reason why I am bringing the message today. You see, we're on week two of this vision series. And last week, Pastor Chris gave the message outlining the overall mission of Crosswinds Church to preach the word, make disciples, and care for others. And to this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts of making that mission a reality. So if you recall last week's message, we examined why we do what we do here at Crosswinds. And we found that we are a church who is unified around the message of Jesus. And we were challenged to share Jesus by walking in boldness, intentionality, and bathing everything in prayer. And Pastor Chris cast a pretty big vision of coming together, of being unified, and pursuing this calling to impact not just this area, but the region, the county, and possibly the world for Christ. So today, what I'm going to try to do is answer the question of how are we going to accomplish this mission to preach the word, make disciples, and care for others. Now, before we get into the new material for today, let's just recap what we know to be true. At Crosswinds Church, we are called first and foremost to preach the word. That comes directly from scripture. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. 
Second, we are called to make disciples. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 says, um, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey everything that I have commanded. And then third, we are called to care for others. John 13, 34, and 35 says it this way. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so how exactly are we going to accomplish these three things here at Crosswinds Church? It's by focusing on five areas. And those five areas are Sunday morning, next generation, discipleship, community outreach, and missions. And for the rest of our time here this morning, what I want to do is I want to walk through each of those areas. I want to speak to why we believe that God has called us to the area. I want to highlight some things that God is doing within each of those. And then I want to offer you some opportunities where you might be able to jump in. So first, let's start with Sunday mornings. Hebrews 10 verses 23 through 25 says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Currently, Sunday mornings are where we are seeing the most growth in May, we ended our fiscal year with an average Sunday morning attendance of 501. That includes children. Just by comparison, the previous year, we ended at 406. And currently, right now, we're averaging 554 people on a Sunday morning. And in addition to that, in the year 22 to 23, we saw 34 baptisms, 34 people come forward and say, I believe in Jesus and want to go public with my faith. And what I celebrate, I celebrate that number, but here's what I also want to celebrate. In the past three months, we've had 15 people already come forward and say the very same thing. And so God is doing some incredible things in the lives of people on Sunday mornings. We've seen lives transformed, marriages restored, hope renewed, people finding purpose in their, in their lives, and so much more. So the question might be, why is Sunday morning critical to the life of the church? It's because Sunday morning is critical to every single person who walks through those doors. Because the world has a way of knocking us down of tearing us apart, of depleting our resources and our strength. But in this place, we can come together and we can be reminded that he is greater than anything that we face. He is supreme over every circumstance. He deserves our worship and he created us for community. So on Sunday mornings, we gather for worship, celebration, teaching, serving each other, fellowship, prayer, salvations, baptism, communion, connecting, and family. In worship, we're able to submit ourselves and surrender our cares to God, our priorities, our plans, our hopes, our dreams, and even our fears. We come together on a Sunday morning to worship God, to enter into his presence, to declare our love and admiration of him, and then to surrender our lives to him. But we also come together to open his word, to hear what he has to say to us, and hopefully to be challenged by the spirit with what he points out to us. 
And so Sunday mornings, we also gather as family to connect with one another so that church isn't just one of those things that we hurriedly check off the to-do list, rushing in at the last minute and rushing out once again. Now church becomes family. Uh, I have the privilege of uh, meeting lots of you when you're new, especially when you come to a uh, Connect event. And a lot of times I like to ask the question, like how did you land at Crossroads? What, what helped you to make this church your home? And, and a lot of times, and maybe some of you have even said this to me, but a lot of times what I hear is something along the lines of, you know what, as soon as I dro- drove onto this parking lot and came in those doors and came in this space, I felt like I had come home. Church can be home. Finally, Sunday mornings offer us a time to serve one another. Did you know that with our average attendance of 554 people, that 245 adults and teenagers serve on a regular basis? Now that number represents almost 50% of our adults and teenagers are serving in some capacity on a regular basis. And that's really exciting because that demonstrates that the congregation, that you understand the importance of serving because it's part of fulfilling the mission. But you know what else that means? That means there's some still spots available. (laughs) Which is why we had a number of our ministry team leaders and partner organizations out in the lobby last week so that you could have conversation and hopefully plug into an area of ministry. And you might be wondering, well, Ronnie, with so many people serving, like seriously, there probably isn't room for me, right? Nope. We have spaces open on almost every single Sunday morning team. We have spaces on the parking team, welcome team, tech team, kids ministry team, prayer team, coffee team. Wait, I threw that one in there. We don't have a coffee team yet. Uh, but if you're interested, oh, sorry, I got a hand over here. Uh, if you're interested, oh, see me afterwards. Maybe we can get something started, okay? Um, anyways, I share all that to say that there is room for you to take a step and join one of our Sunday morning teams so that you can help somebody else find Jesus, worship God, serve each other, and connect with the family of God. The second area that we're called to invest in is the next generation. Psalm 78 says this. It says, oh my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we've heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel and he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born and they in turn will teach their own children So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. For this section, I asked both our kids director, Amy Lloyd, and our student and young adult pastor, Chris Hotz, for some of their input. Amy had this to say. She said, I believe now more than ever, parents need the church and so do their children. They need us to rally together with them because we are competing against literally everything in their world. The ministry of kids has an incredible responsibility because we have the advantage of teaching kids about Jesus so they can take his message back to places adults don't have the advantage of going. 
into our schools, ball fields, neighborhoods, and even their own parents and families. The highlight for me comes back to the salvations and baptisms we've seen over the summer. There is nothing better than hearing a child articulate their understanding of faith. It is what keeps us fueled when we are weary. Next generation is one of our five areas because they are who we will pass the baton to and leave this legacy of faith to continue. We can have great ministries and we can do successful things, but if we aren't leaving this legacy, then we are failing. One of the greatest and most exciting things that has happened recently is actually something that's happened behind the scenes. With uh, Chris Hotz coming on board, there's been this seamless integration and collaboration between the two of them. Where, and this desire to see a family ministry, one ministry, not kids ministry and then a student ministry, but this one family ministry where we can do discipleship from the birth through all of the stages until Jesus calls us back home. When asked about the importance of our next generation ministry, uh, Chris Hotz wrote this, Gen Z is the most connected generation with social media, but are also identifying as the most isolated generation as a result. Mental health challenges are sad characteristics of Gen Z, which has been referred to by some as the loneliest generation as their endless hours spent online can foster feelings of isolation and depression. More time spent on smartphones or watching Netflix means less time spent cultivating meaningful relationships. Positively speaking, Gen Z is very passionate about making a difference in the lives of those around them. They're willing to try to make a change or explain their opinions. They want to give their life to a greater purpose. We have big dreams of the impact that our students can make in this world. Gen Z is at the age where revival can start. With this generation being so passionate, they can use that passion for the kingdom of God. A group like Echo and Resound can be the start of revival in Brunswick County and beyond. I hope, this is what Pastor Chris Hutt said, I hope that they seek after God with desperation, a longing for change, a genuine desire for what is real, and a childlike faith, all of which are characteristics of revival. This is why we pour into the next generation. They are the church of today and tomorrow. Their generation may be lost, but they have the ability to make a difference. Just ask the agnostic teenager who was invited to Echo last year. And she came just out of curiosity to see what her friends were talking about. But she, when she arrived, she found a group of people who loved her and didn't judge her because of her, her ideals. But she spent time and people poured into her and spoke truth into her and loved her. And as a result, she came to the point where she gave her life to Christ and her eternity was completely changed. All because we believe in pouring into the next generation. So you might be asking, well, how can I help? When in our student ministries, we have opportunities for you to serve as small group leaders, partner with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, partner in other outreach opportunities at the school, uh, doing things with our combined uh, youth groups. We have plenty of spaces for you. I want to pause right here because I want you to listen to what I have to say next. In both our student and our children's ministries, we have need for male leaders. 
We have a need for men, godly men, to step in and say, I will spend time investing in the next generation. I will love you and I will serve you and I will teach you about Jesus. We need men to show up in the lives of our kids and our students who don't have a male role model in their life. We need men to step up and say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I love Jesus and I want you to know what a man of God looks like. We need male leadership in both of those. We also have a currently have a need for people who are experienced with children with special needs or learning difficulties or behavioral issues. And so why do we pour into the next generation? It's so that we can leave a legacy of faith that they might set their hope on God, not forgetting his promises and his glorious deeds and obeying his commands. Third, we invest in others through discipleship. Ephesians 4 says this, their responsibility, meaning the responsibility of the leadership of the church, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 15, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Discipleship is about taking what you have learned from God and sharing it with somebody else so that they can grow in their relationship with God. It's about coming alongside someone to help them follow Jesus by learning, applying, practicing his teachings, by modeling his actions, and by copying his character traits in pursuit of becoming like him. It takes intentionality and it takes an awareness of the Holy Spirit. It requires that you and I are consistently growing in our relationship with Jesus. It's an incredible responsibility to help people live as God intended to live. And it happens one conversation at a time. One of the best places uh, that this is happening currently in our church is in the context of life groups. That's because it's in the context of smaller groups of people that we can have real conversations that help us to grow in our faith. And so to illustrate this, um, I actually asked members of my life group to articulate how being a part of our group has made significant difference in their lives. And so here's what a few of them said. A small group has been life-changing for me personally. Although I grew up in church and was very, very active in youth group and other church activities, I have never had a true church family like ours. I am challenged each week by my brothers and sisters in Christ to grow closer to Jesus and live a life that glorifies him. Another member said this, small group has taught me how we are to live, act, and carry ourselves. It's a place of love and worship, where I do not have to be ashamed of my past, of who I am, and where I've been. Our group has helped hold me accountable, guide me, and keep my life centered around Christ. Since joining small group, I've found a new confidence in sharing Christ with others. I've begun seeing life more clearly. I have a new perspective and understanding for those around me. 
Since joining, my prayer life has continued to grow. I still have a lot to learn, but my cup is overfilled with blessing beyond what I could have ever imagined. And then one more. We are so blessed to have a small group family here to learn and grow and have fun together. We especially were so grateful for their love and support when I was fighting cancer and walking through my transplant. They sent cards and brought meals. They've made a beautiful difference in our lives. And these are just some of the sentiments that are echoed time and time again, not just in my life group, but in many of our existing life groups. And what we want to celebrate is that we currently have 28 groups with 104 adults involved in those groups. We just opened four co-ed groups this past month. We have two groups in the work, and I understand that three people are having conversations with our life group facilitator, uh, Sarah, at the moment to begin opening their group. And so I share that to say that there is room for you to find a group that fits your schedule or your season of life. Now, I am going to push just a little bit here, if I may. If every single one of us was to make the commitment that we would start attending a small group, and if I can just say this, I believe everybody should be involved in small group, so we all should be making that commitment, but let me back off a little bit. If all of us were to make the commitment to join a small group, we would not have enough space available to accommodate everybody. And so I share that to say that we are in the need of other people to step up as life group facilitators. And if God is calling you to begin to invest in the lives of others, this might be the right opportunity. But you're like, oh, but Ronnie, I don't have a, I don't have a biology a Bible degree. I don't have a theology degree. Like, I, I don't know all those things. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to be a life group facilitator. Here's what you need. Do you love Jesus? Do you love others? Can you provide a space for conversation to happen? And then can you facilitate conversation around Jesus and his word? If you can do those four things, then you could be a life group facilitator and we would love to have a conversation with you. We will provide you all the tools, all the resources that you need so that you can begin to help others grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, we recognize that as you, make, as you make disciples, that you yourself will need to grow in your faith. And so one of the things that's in the works behind the scenes right now is something that we're calling growth track. At Crosswinds, uh, Crosswinds growth track will exist for three purposes. The first is to help people grow in their relationship with God and their personal calling to share the message of Jesus. The second thing is to help people connect to God, each other, and to the mission of making disciples. And the third is to help people make an impact in this world for Christ. And so the structure is going to be these classes that run anywhere from four to six weeks. And we're going to offer them three times a year. And they're going to be practical topics like, how do I study the Bible? How do I share my faith with my coworkers? How do I I pray for my marriage? How do I get my finances under control so that they can bring glory and honor to Jesus? And so the purpose of those classes is not just so that we can gain more head knowledge, but so that we can go to these classes, we can learn things, and then we can take them back to our small group or our neighborhoods or our families and teach those principles to other people so that they can grow in their relationship with Christ. And so I share all that to say, be looking for more information about growth track coming after the first of the year. 
The other thing that we want to encourage you to do is uh, to connect with us weekly via our Church Center app. And you're like, Ronnie, really? An app? Why? Because an app is in your pocket and uh, it's a tool that can help you grow. And so uh, we actually want to encourage you, if you do not have the Church Center app, um, to go ahead. You can actually, I give you permission, take your phones out right now, scan the QR code, download the app, okay? Um, here's a, here's a number, another number of reasons why. This will help you connect with the life of the church. There's places for you to know what your schedule is when you're serving. Uh, You can give securely there. Uh, You can find out what the events are. You can register for events there. But here's something that's coming, uh, hopefully starting next week, is that um, I want to begin to upload with our sermons. You can use the app to watch the sermons too. But I'm hopefully going to be uploading um, every Monday afternoon or evening sermon notes so that you can continue the conversation at home after Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget what I heard on Sunday morning. So this is a tool so that you can be reminded of the key verses, the key points, and you can continue to have that conversation with a spouse or a coworker or somebody in the neighborhood so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with Christ and you can help somebody else grow in their relationship. So not only do we gather on a Sunday morning, invest in the next generation, focus on discipleship, but we also are called to reach our community through community outreach. Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 3 says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters do. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. And 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another's. When it comes to loving our community, we're pleased to work alongside some incredible community partnerships like Lifeline, Seven Homes, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Mana Ministries. But we are in the beginning stages of asking the question, how can we do more? I asked Jim, someone here at Crosswinds who's passionate for outreach about this, and he said, community outreach is important for our church because it gives us the opportunity to reach our community with the love and message of Jesus Christ in obedience to God's word by serving others and establishing and building a relationship with our neighbors. We want to glorify God and expand his kingdom by serving our congregation and our community. It's our dream that when people in our community hear the name of Crosswinds Church, they associate it with the love of Christ. So to do that, we dream of having serve days like once a quarter where a team of people can go out in our, to our community and serve. We want to have a team that helps widows in our church to do around the house handyman sort of projects. We want to create space where there's an opportunity for fellowship and teamwork to meet people's physical needs so that we can speak to their spiritual needs and introduce them to the love of Jesus. Now, you'll be hearing more about these things in the days to come for ways that you can get involved in loving our community for Jesus. And that brings me to our last area, which is missions. And I'll read it again. Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples of all the nations. 
for now, we understand that, that our outreach is not just for this local area of Leland and Brunswick County, but that God has called us to make an impact globally as well. And so for now, the way we accomplish this is we are partnering with global partners. Uh, partners like uh, World Vision. We currently sponsor three children who live in the Congo. And last year, our teenagers raised $3,891 to go to World Vision as part of their uh, 30-hour famine. And then you, as a congregation, last year raised over $11,000 and packed over 1,200 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child so that a child in another country could feel the love of Jesus and be introduced to him through the discipleship material that is in each of those boxes. But in the future, though, we have dreams of taking people on local and regional and global missions trips because we understand that missions is part of how we do what we're called to do here at Crosswinds. We're called to preach the word, to make disciples, and to care for others. That is our calling. Sunday mornings, next generation, discipleship, community outreach, and missions. That is how we will accomplish our calling. And so we invite you to explore what it means for you to jump in and partner with us in this calling. Is it serving on Sunday mornings? We have a spot for you. Men, is it pouring into our children and our teens? We need you. Is it by joining a life group or hosting one in your home? There's a place for you. Maybe it's looking for opportunities to serve in our community. Let me say, go for it. Maybe it's partnering with a global partner. Let us encourage you and celebrate that. Whatever God is talking to you about right now, please don't ignore it. May I encourage you to take a step of faith, to trust him, to obey his calling on your life because people need Jesus and we have the ability to tell them about him. So as an action step today, may I, may I encourage you to download the Church Center app. May I encourage you to fill out one of our connect cards. It's in the seat pocket right in front of you. And there are multiple areas that you can mark what your next step is. And I promise I will reach out this week and follow up with you to help you take that next step. Maybe for you an action step is actually to start a conversation with someone today or tomorrow about the things that we just looked at this morning. Discipleship happens one conversation at a time. So begin to invest in someone by starting a conversation. And then lastly, may I ask you to pray? Will you pray for this church? Will you pray for her ministries? Will you pray for the leaders of each of these ministries and that God would grow our impact into this area, this county, and this world for him and his glory? Let's pray. God, this is a huge vision and calling that you have placed upon us. God, our world is so broken and lonely and confused and hurting, but we have a message of hope. And so God, I pray that you would cause us to be a church who preaches the word with great boldness who takes the time to invest in others' lives and helping them to become disciples of Jesus. That you would give us the compassion and mercy that it requires to care for others. God, I pray for these five areas. For a Sunday morning worship, God, that you would increase 
the number of people who walk in this building, but God, also that you would increase the workers. God, I pray for our next generation and the workers who are investing in the lives of the next generation. They are the church of today and tomorrow when we have got the mandate to pass along our faith to them. So God, help us to do that. God, help us to be people who take the things that we know to be true of scripture, the things that you have taught us, and help us to pass them along to other people who will then be able to pass them along to others so that this message goes out to as many people as possible. God, then give us compassion and the opportunity to reach our neighbors for you by acts of service in our community. And then God, expand our outreach so that we might have the ability to impact the world for you. Thank you for this calling and thank you for the work that you are doing in this church, God. And thank you for this time. Continue to be in our worship as we close out the service. And then God, I pray that you would just solidify in our hearts and our minds what it is that you want us to do as a result of hearing your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you guys go ahead and stand, please?